first I actually wanted to um, share a little bit about, well, actually about getting vulnerable with God. Because I um, actually was on, I think, Friday night. I'd, we'd had the run free. It was really awesome. Mark came home with a cold and decided to share it with me. You know, I didn't get upset about it. I didn't get upset. But by Friday night, I was going, Lord, <laughs> I haven't had any time to just, you know, when you feel a bit stuffy and you feel a bit thing, to just really spend time with him. And um, anyway, I said to him, and I actually sat there and I got quite vulnerable and I just said, Lord, I actually really need your help with this one. I'm actually feeling like um, I just don't know quite where you're wanting to go. And it's really interesting when you um, step into something like a, a position, I guess, like this, and you're um, all of a sudden feel like this responsibility, don't you? And you feel like, man, I really, really listen to my words. And it's like this next level, like before you kind of can pop in and pop out and you kind of think, oh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. But then all of a sudden there's just kind of this weight that comes with it. And so I was like, Lord, oh, no, we've got to really listen. I'm not just a fly-by neither person. So I really sat there and I said, Lord, can you just help me? And, and um, I'd really love a dream, you know, if you could give me a dream. And um, anyway, I went to sleep and because I've done that before and it hasn't happened. And at this time I knew it was like a real heart thing from me to him. And uh, yeah, he, he did. I actually got this dream, and it was, it was um, right, like right before he just timed it exactly so that I could remember it. And when I woke up, it was like, boom, okay, I've just finished the dream. I've got to write this down. So I'm going to share that dream with you this morning. Um, I, this is one of the ways that God's, God talks to me. I, I, not um, as often with dreams, but I, I often get visions and things like that. But um, Or he gives me songs because I'm a bit of a musician. And uh, that's what I like. So he talks to me in a language um, that I can relate to. And, um, yeah, so I'm going to share this dream. I'm just going to have a little bit of water. Yeah, so this is how the dream goes. Now, I get really excited about dreams. I don't know about you, but if, if that's the love language and the, the conversation that God talks to you and how he talks to you, he might talk to you in a different way. I actually get really excited because I like kind of lifting the layers off as you go through. Oh, why did you put that in there? What does that mean? So this was, this was part of the dream, and I'm going to hopefully, because dreams can sound a little bit crazy because they're not always meant for you. They're meant for me or however whoever he's talking to. So I'm going to try and make this sound as simple as possible. Um, so basically it was that... Um, we were entering, and I had a couple of my friends. I had Hannah, actually, um, and I had a, a woman called Esther. Um, she's from Australia, and I had um, another, and my mum, and I had this other woman called Amelia, who I didn't know, but I knew her name, and, uh, and maybe a couple of other people. And they took us to this big amphitheater, um, kind of amphitheater or a, what do you call Yeah, I guess it is like a, but a stadium thing that goes up. You know, it's tiered, and you sit down, and you look at the stage at the bottom. And we knew we were going to kind of go in there for this miss, uh, like a ministry event. And um, basically we walked in, we kind of got registration, and, and um, Esther and this other person said, okay, cool, we'll leave you to it. We've kind of showed you the way to go. This is where it is. This is where you're speaking. And we kind of knew we were part of um, imparting something there while we were there. 
But um, anyway, we get in there and we kind of find our seats and, and we're kind of all scattered like at different um, like levels, I guess, of, of the auditorium or whatever you call it, theatre. And um, uh, my mum is actually, like, they're kind of getting the band ready down the bottom and my mum is already down there prophesying for people. She's like, I'm not waiting, I'm in, I'm going. So she's already down there and people were receiving it, but I could feel that even that they were almost like, what is this woman doing? I just want to get in here and we just want to start what we're doing, what our, what our structure is. The band's, you know, getting ready and it's like, who's this lady on the stage prophesying? Let's carry on with the show, you know? And, um, and I kind of just sat down and I looked at her and I go, oh, yeah, there's mum, okay, cool, she's good, yep, she's started, yep, yep, we're rolling. And um, then I realised that I'm kind of outward looking in at this situation. And I'm, and I'm looking in and I'm going, oh, they haven't really introduced us. Like, no one knows who we are. We're just these kind of randoms. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to be speaking or, like, doing something here. Anyway, um, I see behind me, Amelia gets down. This woman who I don't know, but I know her name jumps down from the balcony and begins, with her might, begins to kind of walk down like this side of the stage. And she's speaking, but nothing's dropping in, in my heart. And I kind of look at her, and I'm over this side, and I'm further down, and I'm like, oh, it's go time, okay. And so I come and grab my mic from somewhere, because that's a dream, and I um, begin to come down the front. And I actually get to the front, and at this point, I don't actually know where Amelia's gone, she's just disappeared. And I am standing at the front, and I am saying, do you want the glory of the Lord? Because if you want it, you've got to actually want it. <laughs> you've got to actually press in. And so this is me, and I'm proclaiming this, and, and the worship team's going like, come on, it's worship time. Time for us to worship. <laughs> Not our worship team, by the way. Let's just to get that real clear. This is, this is the dream. And um, yeah, don't get offended by my dream, okay? <laughs> Um, and then it's this, this, this band is perfect. They are well rehearsed. They've got a, um, uh, like a whole brass section going on. And um, I come up to them and I, and I go, oh, do you know, like, I, I know you guys have rehearsed. I could feel it. I don't know if you've ever been to like, like an army band or something where they have rehearsed. They have gone over and over and over to the point where they don't like each other, okay? They don't, can't stand each other, don't want to be in the room together. Yeah, what's that? They hate the songs. They're like, oh, the song. And I, and I said, look, I know, I'm really sorry. I don't, I, I'm not trying to upset you. And I just, I, I, oh, do you know this song? And they started, it was, um, uh, let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. And I'm like, oh, do you know that one? They're like, yeah, yeah, we know it. We know the song, but we don't know how to play it. And they begun to, began to try to play it, even though they were an incredible band, and the whole brass section just falls off, and it's like, you know, trumpets, or however, you probably could do better sound effects. Women are not very good at sound effects. I'm not very good at them. Um, but it just all falls off. And um, in the end, I actually go and go, do you know what? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just don't. Just, just, just hang out for a second. And I feel that I go around to each member of the band, and I just begin to get each person to to say what's on their heart. What would they really love to do? 
I got up to the drummer and I said to him, what's on your heart other than what you're having to do right now? And he says, um, he says I actually really want to be a kids church leader. I actually really want to work with kids. And I'm like, amazing. Do you know, we need kids church leaders. <laughs> we need people that want to work with the next generation who want to build them and edify them and, and, and build them up. And, um, and I was like, awesome. And you could feel the congregation beginning to shift. They were beginning to go, oh, he's, he's just shared a piece of his heart with us. And then I go along and I went through everyone and I got to the, to the band leader who was super stressed out that everything was not going as planned. And I could feel the anxiety just almost like coming off. And I said to her, what do you feel um, is on your heart? What do you feel God is talking to you in this season? And she looked at me and she goes, um, she said, actually, I'm in crisis. And she just began to absolutely weep and weep. And she said, I, I think I need counseling. I think I need to do something. Like, I think I need help. And, um, but she's trying to keep all this together and look perfect and look together and lead. And I was like, man, Lord. And then I, and I, and I just felt there was, a, yeah, again, another shift in the room. And lastly, the person that wasn't the leader, but I felt that she was kind of, you know, when you're not the leader, but you think you're the leader and you want to um, <laughs> pretend to be the leader. Um, I felt that, that this person was there. And it's nobody, I absolutely no one I recognized. It was just all random people, actually. Um, and, and, and she looked at me and I, I went to say, what, what's on your heart? And I could feel the hardness of heart. Like, I don't even, I'm not even going there. Like, this is not this is not it. And then the whole lights went out in the building. And they went, time's up. You're out. And so there was like 50,000 people or whoever were there. And they couldn't leave the room because there's no lights are on. And I just was like, what is going on? And I thought, okay. And I just remember going, okay, Lord, well, I could feel, um, I could feel like this thoughts. I could almost sense thoughts that were happening like people were either going to choose one way where they were going to go, uh, this is really good. I really love this. It's been genuine and authentic, and I feel the change in their hearts. Or they were going to go, oh, this was absolutely a waste of time. We didn't even get to do the worship. We didn't get to hear the preacher. Like, all, like those two were kind of the decisions. And, and, and that I could kind of hear in the background, but I wasn't really concerned. I kind of felt like what I had done was what I was meant to do. And, so, and then in that moment as the lights went out, I actually, Mark pops into this picture, and he goes like this. And it's means like to come dance with him. And so we just start to dance. And then I woke up immediately from the dream. And I was like, wow, God, there's a lot in that. There's a lot in that. Are you still with me? Those ones that are prophetic are probably super with me. And everyone else is like, man, this woman's crazy. What kind of dreams does she have? Um, but yeah, and I, and I, and I felt, I actually felt at the very end that, that, that Mark was representing God in this instance and um, that he was actually coming to dance with me to just go, don't worry, it's not your concern to take on the rest of that. And, um, and I felt that there was this move of literally this, like religion or relationship of what we're going to choose to do with Jesus. Are we going to be religious about things or are we going to move in relationship with him? So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. And I actually, uh, and uh, what was super interesting is when I looked up, uh, these are the things that I love, because this is, believe it or not, building relationship with him is he gives you a dream or he gives you a vision or he gives you something, and you begin to talk with him 
about the dream, and he loves this because he gets you having this intimate time with him. You're now asking. It's like a two-way street. So I'm going, oh, what? who's Amelia in this? Why is the name so prominent? What does that mean? And so I'll jump on Google and I'll be like, looking, it's like, um, what do you call it? Uh, like a crime investigator where you get to go through all the clues and stuff. I love, yeah, forensic. I'm like, that's me. I think, I think um, I'm not, I don't have that title, but in the spirit, I think I'm going to grow that title. Um, and I looked up Amelia. And Amelia means industrious, striving, or hardworking. How amazing is that, for starters? So you're looking in this dream, and I'm trying to figure it out, and here comes Amelia down to try and go, and then I'm coming on the other side, which I felt that Holy Spirit was using me to bring something fresh. And so here we were kind of going, and, and, and it was like this religion or relationship thing going on. Are you still with me? Okay, cool. I'm having a little drink. Man, thirsty up here. Thirsty work. Awesome. Oh. I do. Multi-talented. Look at that. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So I felt like to talk about religion and relationship because people get confused, actually, <laughs> really just as simple as that. And it's very easy to fall into religion. And and, um, and God doesn't, um, he's not in the, in the mind frame of wanting to condemn you as you fall in there. If anything, he's wanting to go, hey, 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 come back this way. Hey, 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 come back to relationship with me. So we're going to go into that a little bit more. I'll just see what I've got on my next slide, that one. What's the difference? Awesome. I think I've got another one on there. Yeah, cool. So religion-based is sin-focused. So, um, and rule-based. It's a dictatorship. It normally involves rituals. And we serve God out of duty instead of wanting to just to actually out of our hearts, out of a heart space serve him. I've just literally jotted a few of these down last night, so that I'm sure there's more and there's whatever, but I just they were kind of the ones that just come to me really quick. Um, and then performance, striving. And it's actually all about you. Religion is always coming back to, did I do that? Did I this? Did I whatever? And, and, and God is going, but what about him? <laughs> what about him? If our focus shifted to him, which I should have the next one here, relationship-based, we'd be Christ-focused, we'd have trust and faith, we'd have intimacy, a two-way street, communication, because he looks at our heart. And, and as we begin to build this trust and build this faith with him, we begin to come into this place of rest. Now, however, uh, I, when we came, you know, I, I, um, I had actually been, I grew up in church. I had a real a family that was on fire. My mum's side I grew up with that was on fire for God. And um, when my grandma died, I actually really felt betrayed. And I, and I actually blamed God for that. Now, I, I, I can't really blame him for that because it wasn't, it actually isn't him. It's like me blaming Mark for killing my grandma, and I'm going to pay it out on him forever and say, you're such, so bad, I don't want anything to do with you. And he's like, oh. why? Like, why not love? Why not love him? Because it actually ends up making it worse for ourselves. 
we actually end up copying that. Sorry, I'm not sure I'm explaining that the best, but we we actually end up living in this place of um, hardness. Um, Yeah, we pay pay the price. We pay the price. When I actually began and God began to, I actually began to build trust with him and he began to show me that that wasn't his heart and that he didn't actually do that. Um, I began to build this, this place of trust because it can easily turn into uh, manipulation or, or um, control, like we try to put God in a certain box or put him in a certain place where we want to control, control the box and manipulate the box, but he can't be. He's God. He can't be put in a box, but he also won't go back on his word and what he's spoken. Um, yeah, is that good? Sorry, I kind of got a little bit off track there, but... Um, yeah, he looks at your heart. Um, one of the first signs sort of uh, uh, just to know, uh, by the way, this is not to bring you condemnation. If, if, that, if some of this relates to you and you feel like there's an error in your life that you go, oh, man, I am a little bit religious in this space. This message is not to bring you condemnation. This, but this message is just to help you go, oh, hey, I need to check that and I need to, to step into a relationship more with him, okay? So no one should go out feeling totally like, terrible about anything okay yeah and he looks at your heart and one one of the things is is people sometimes can have like a a kind of a real um I guess I'm looking for the right word um I want to say shallow or just a superficial that's what superficial way of recognizing this is sometimes people can look at people's clothing their outward appearance all those sorts of things and they think that um oh no she's got ripped jeans on eh She's out, unholy. Um, that's no good. You, you, what's that? The genes are holy, but you aren't. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't. He looks at your heart. And any time that someone comes to tell me or says something about clothing, I just about like, I mean, yeah. I just, you know, roll my eyes in the back of my head and go, man, you're missing the boat. You're missing the picture because it's all about the heart. That's all what God looks at, honestly, is the heart of, of what's happening in you. Amen? So religion base is where you follow rules, hoping to be right and hoping to do the right thing. Serving God out of duty. Amen? I think, you know, oh, I'm going to, oh, actually, these are really cool. I'm going to do these bits here. If someone was always talking to you and you were always listening, but when you tried to speak, they didn't listen to you, would you say that you knew the person? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever, I'm quite, I'm a, um, one of my love languages is, is um, quality time. And so if I'm talking with somebody and they are, you know, they're talking to me and I'm listening, I'm a, real, I'm a good listener, and I sit there and I'm listening and then I go to share my, my part of it and you don't want to listen, I'm like, eh, probably won't see you next time. <laughs> Sounds really hard, but I'm like, it's because that's part of filling me, you know, just filling my love language. And uh, the other one is like, if you only knew somebody through a friend and you had some encounters, but would you really say that you knew that person? You, I mean, you might be at the beginning stages of building a relationship. You know, you might start to get to know them. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's quite a cool person. I could hang out with them a little bit more maybe. Um, but it's, you haven't had, it's not like a deep, intimate relationship. And so we're all on a journey of relationships. I don't want to say that you're not starting one, but 
God is calling you deeper to have a deeper space and a deeper time with him. Yeah, and secondly, you serve Christ not because you think you have to out of obligational rules, but you want to. You see, um, God just begins to change your heart. And this is, this is the difference between um, sin-focused and Christ-focused, or sin-consciousness and Christ-consciousness. Because sin-consciousness makes us, obviously, uh, um, you know, on the outward appearance, but it focuses on all the negative stuff. If you're this constantly around in your head going, oh, I'm this, and I'm that, and I'm, uh, I, uh, this person's that, and this, and they haven't done anything right, and all, all the things, um, you know, you're actually sin-focused. You haven't crossed over into this Christ-focusedness of where we actually center our lives around him, where we follow him, and we ask him for for guidance, or we ask him for, what do you want to do in this place? Just because it's like I would say to Mark, I'm like, well, Mark, what do you, babe, what do you want to do this weekend? You know, I'm considering him and everything that I'm doing, and that's what God actually wants from us too. He wants, he wants that relationship. Are you good? <laughs> awesome. When people can witness a true, authentic change in someone, it reaches the broken places within their lives. And, and therefore giving them hope that only can be found in Jesus. So I, I really feel that this um, that part of this next move of God, like because even in Christianity we can become um, performance-based and we, we don't um, have uh, the – like we have – it's really hard um, perfectionism. <laughs> I've walked through that journey. It's a hard one. And um, it's uh, – yeah, actually we'll talk about that a little bit. Um you have such high expectations, and you can never reach them. And then you put high expectations on other people, and, you, and they can never measure up. They never measure up. And then usually you become a hypocrite because you break your own false high expectations that you can't reach. And then we've got everyone out there going, yeah, you Christians are just a hypocrite. You know, and you just you say one thing, but you do another because we're bound by this religious thing of perfectionism that tries to come around us and entrap us. And uh, I really feel that God is wanting to one break that off people this morning. Um, you know, I've really walked through that. I had um, a mixture of that. I had a, a mixture of perfectionism, but I had a mixture of fear of failure. Of I, when my dad left when I was young, and um, this fear of abandonment came in. This uh, yeah, fear of just not living up to you know. I just because I just thought, felt like he left, and that wasn't. I didn't measure up. You know, and um, so so through my life, I was have, trying to find validation and trying to find. Um, affirmation, I guess, to build me up so that I could actually stand in what I knew God was calling me to be. And so, yeah, there's this, and those two can really work together and make it really hard because you're, you're, you're fearful of failing. So you start to put in effort or you, you kind of try to start to put an effort, but you can't really put an effort because you're so scared of failing. <laughs> so you don't really put in any effort at all, but then you're a perfectionist. So it's got to be perfect, but you haven't put in any effort. <laughs> right so it's hard like this trap of this cycle and because I did um competitive singing and stuff you'd go to these events and you would have not put any effort in uh, you know I'm saying it I've got it up on the board but it says don't fake it until you make it 
because it's just fake. <laughs> it's just fake, you know, it's just fake. And, um, you know, at the start it was good. I won, I actually won a few awards and stuff and I thought, man, I'm really good at this. I didn't have to do anything for it. I just won, you know. And then through the time, through the year, it started to show that I hadn't done anything. <laughs> so, you know, God is just, in, I mean, he's fully restored all that, which is just amazing. Um, and, and brought me into this place, like Mark was talking about, into this place of rest, where we just rest in him because we're just trusting in him, even in the littlest, finest details. Like with the Run Free Conference that I run last, last uh, weekend, um, I really, like, I just, it was like down to somebody would come, I, I remember thinking, oh, Lord, I just, you know, the only thing that's weighing on me is doing the kids' program. I don't know quite what to print off or, or even have the brain capacity to go and do that. And someone just turned up in front of me and goes, hey, uh, how can I help? I could do the kids' stuff. Like, I, didn't I didn't even have to tell them what I was thinking. He just come up and the, somebody just came. He just sent someone, you know. And so there was no, yeah, it was like this coming of this whole new place. And even like, you know, um, perfectionism and uh, um and failure and all those sorts of things can come into your mind and try to play on your mind and just see, oh, are you still there or not? We'll just see where you are. And, um, and I just felt like there was this whole new season of coming into this real strong place of rest, of just reliance with him. We're all that stuff, again, because we're focusing on him. All that other stuff just falls away. So good, eh? Man, it's freeing. It's actually freeing. It actually changes your life. She changes your world because it's hard. People, you know, we, we end up uh, on the hamster wheel of life and of religion, on, of society. You know, religion is just as bad as the structures in the world that are trying to tell you to who to be and what to be and, and, and trying to conform us into a specific area of our lives. And, um, you know, and God's saying, nah, just come with me and focus on me and, and step into my rest and come from that place of faith. You know, he, yeah, so good. So, so, so good. All right, I'm going to skip over here. How are we going for time? Do we, oh, I think we should go, what, keep preaching? <laughs> cool. Yeah, cool. I think I've got that up there. Let's have a look. Yes. The world is craving for us to be authentic, genuine, and real. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, because he is, right? Yeah, that's good. The world is craving grace, love, hope, forgiveness, and salvation. You know, the other thing is... Um, when we go to talk to people about Jesus, we're not converting them to religion. <laughs> we're, co we're teaching them about Jesus and to be a follower of Jesus. You know, in the Bible, they didn't go around going um, uh, that about trying to convert you to a religion or to a structure or to a thing. They said, hey, hey, would you just come and follow Jesus? A and so it, it takes, even with that, it takes a weight off us it takes a weight of us to try and con convince someone to come into 
do a certain structure and certain rules and rituals and things, because that sounds a lot to the world, right? But you can actually go down and just sit next to them and be like, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. He hit them on a more personal relationship in that sense, where they actually get to know him because you know him. It's actually how simple it is. Once you know him, then, then he begins, you begin, they begin to know him. Yeah. Oh, that was, I'm already like just plowing through this. Yeah, did Jesus die for nothing? Did he? Not sure. <laughs> I'm not, I hope he didn't die for nothing. <laughs> Died for you and me. Yeah, yeah, it's right. If you need religion, you don't need him. I'm actually going to come into this bit because I feel like I should put my head on the screen as well. Yeah, this bit's so good. I'm just going to skip through these, sorry, because I feel like I'm going somewhere else. I'm getting used to the slides and the... It's so fancy, isn't it? This modern technology. I don't know. I don't know if I'm putting it... <laughs> Maybe we all need to read this one. If you choose to be judged by the standards of religion, then that's what you'll be judged by, in which you will be found guilty every time. Thank God that there's a better way. And I can't get it to work. I think there's one more. So I really wanted to go... Oh, yeah, thanks, Jack. Sorry, I didn't even look down to you. Uh, I think, is there one more? Uh, there should be a scripture. Ephesians 2, 8, maybe? Oh, we lost that on the way. That's okay, because I've got my Bible, because I'm that amazing. <laughs> Um, I was going to say religious, but that could have come off really bad. Um, no, for by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. Man, the Bible says it so well. You know, we sometimes try to like explain it, but you know what? Sometimes it's just worth reading the Bible. Imagine that. Yeah. For by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn the salvation, for it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. No one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. Isn't that so good? We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Yeah, so good, eh? Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Should we just read that again? Yeah, come on. For by grace you have been saved, by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. For it was the love lift, love lift. Ooh, we have a love lift. I'll have one of those. Um, I think Hannah just turned 40. She's probably talking about a love lift. <laughs> For by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. For it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast. For salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. We have become his poetry. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works he would do to fulfill it. 
I'm going to keep going. So don't forget that you were not born as Jew and were uncircumcised. Circumcision itself is just a work of man's hands. You had none of the Jewish covenants and laws, because he's talking, this is talking to the Gentiles, which is us. Um, you were foreigners to Israel's incredible heritage. You were without the covenants and prophetic promises of the Messiah, the promised hope, and without God. Yet look at you now. Everything is new. Although you were once distant and far away from God, now you have been brought delightfully close to him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united to Christ. Our reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. By dying as our sacrifice, he has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious blood on the cross. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by his command. His triunion essence has made peace between us by starting over, forming one new race of humanity, Jews and non-Jews fused together in himself. Two have now become one and we live restored to God and reconciled in the body of Christ. Through his crucifixion, hatred died. For the Messiah has come to preach the sweet message of peace to you, the ones who were distant and to those who are near. And now because we are united to Christ, we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to, become, to come before the Father. This is so good. Man, far out. We've just read this all day long. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to finish this chapter, okay? Um, so you are not foreigners or guests, but rather... You are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. Whew, man, that's some inheritance going on. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple and your lives have been built up together upon the foundation laid by the apostles and prophets and the best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. This entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up, completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place, through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Far out. Ephesians is so good. Isn't God just so good? I'm going to read that one little bit at the start. If we can get the band up, that would be awesome. If you guys want to play a little something. A little something, something. For by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn the salvation, for it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast for salvation. There's never a reward for good works or human striving. Man, if you are new in the faith, or if you just you just need to go into that space, Ephesians, Galatians is so good. It's so good. Like that is where I would be starting. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for a radical change of hearts, Lord Jesus, in this city. Lord, we don't want to be religious. We don't want to step into those structures and those, those um, where we miss what you're doing. Father, we know that everything has a place under the sun. Father, we know that, that even this, even, even meeting on a Sunday has a place, Lord. But please let it never get in the way of what you're doing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.